I haven't stood in this place for almost four months, and now we've added more people. I have to say I was glad when, it, when he said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Can somebody say amen? amen? It is so good to be back together, even in a different way. But to make all of this happen, not only at a university, there are so many people on the staff, and I won't name all the teams, but let's just say the chapel staff as a whole and all of the volunteers from ushers to choir members to make this happen. Can we thank them? I want to thank them. God has been so good to us and continues to be so good to the Duke Chapel community. So it's wonderful to see most of your face <laughs> this morning. Let us pray. Not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. Lord, speak, for we, your servants, are listening. Breathe on us, O breath of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You never forget when the breath is knocked out of you. Almost 40 years ago, actually, I was playing Little League baseball for North Dade Optimist in Miami, Florida. I was on the Padres team, and I was up to bat, and I hit the ball, and it was good enough, a good enough hit to be a double. I ran down first base and then turned uh, toward, to hustle towards second base. I slid feet first into second and was called safe by the umpire, but I felt anything but safe because I had the breath knocked out of me. I couldn't breathe due to the impact of my back on the ground when I was sliding into second base. I still remember standing to my feet, bending over and not being able to breathe and grabbing, literally grabbing the umpire's leg for help, you never forget. Eventually, breath came back, but in those split seconds, rather than breath, it felt like death. Have you ever had the breath knocked out of you? Then you know what I'm talking about. You never forget what it feels like when your breath is gone. You never forget if you live to tell it when you can't breathe. We may take it for granted, but breath is life. The breath of God, the spirit of God is life. And on this Pentecost, we are faced with a strange, stark prominent image of death in Ezekiel, dem bones, dem bones, dem dry bones. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and placed me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones, 
he led me all around them. And there were very many lying in the valley. And they were very dry. The spirit of the Lord, the spirit of life, leads Ezekiel to the valley of dry bones, to the place of contamination and death. Not away from it, but to it. To the bones. Bones express physical and spiritual debility all throughout the scriptures, and it was believed that one could be contaminated by coming into contact with the dead. So Ezekiel is in a haunted cemetery, threatened by death, but obviously like the Ghostbusters, he ain't afraid of no ghost. There's even talk about slain people and graves, assuring us this scene is one of lifelessness, breathlessness, and hopelessness. The vast devastation of bones represents the whole house of Israel, and they say our hope is lost. They're in exile because they defiled the temple and ignored the holy nature of God's sanctuary and the glory of God leaves Jerusalem and eventually Jerusalem falls. No wonder their hope was lost and the breath was knocked out of them. No wonder they are like dem bones, a sea of ghostly death due to the absence of God in their lives. But sometimes... Oftentimes, the spirit wants to break out in places where we think there is no hope, where we think there is no possibility, where we feel no breath. God specializes in things thought impossible. So in so many ways, we've been in a valley of dry bones during this global pandemic, and we may have asked that same question over and over again. Can these bones live? Will we rise after so many deaths, after so many bones have decayed all over the world due to COVID-19? Will we live again? Will we rise after church doors being closed for so long? Will we breathe again? It's strange to think about or speak about breath while wearing masks to prevent us from breathing on each other. But we need breath. We need to breathe in order to live. And Pentecost is about breath. Archer Boyette received a a Master of Fine Arts degree this year in Experimental and Documentary Arts right here at Duke. And she created a multimedia installation that connects analog, digital, sonic, and sculptural elements to celebrate plant life. Professor Wearsbill, you'll love this. And she, she, she built what she calls a a space of environmental presence and reverence. All of the plant life is from the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. And what drew my attention to this installation is her title for it. We breathe each other in and out of existence. And when she was interviewed about this work, she said, you know, that title uh, may seem like a grandiose or lofty statement. 
but it's really just fundamentally true. It's a fact, she says, our interdependence with plants and our connectedness. We literally facilitate each other's breath. We need to breathe in order to live. And Pentecost is about breath. God's breath. Because just as prominent as the images of death in Ezekiel 37 is this language of breath. There is death all around in the valley and in the holy land, and there is breath all around too. In the valley of dry bones, there's life. There's the source of life, specifically the Hebrew word for spirit, breath, wind, ruach. It occurs 10 times. It's the, the main theological motif for Ezekiel. Repeatedly we hear, I will put my breath in you. I will put my spirit in you. <sighs> like the day of Pentecost, the spirit will fall on you, fill you, ignite you in an upper room or in the lowest valley. But if you aren't ready to face bones of death, you aren't ready to encounter the spirit of life because this is where the breath of God works in domains of death like a global pandemic. The feast of Pentecost, the celebration of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit of life on the early church is the culmination of the Easter season in the liturgical calendar. That means that the spirit of Pentecost, the breath of Pentecost that is blown to the ends of the earth by God, even in valleys, is the spirit of the resurrection and Easter hope. Resurrection power is Pentecostal power that's unleashed like dynamite by God into the world, the breath of God. And the same breath that raised Jesus is the same breath that is blowing in the world now among our bones or in our lives or at our baptism. So we shouldn't be surprised that the majority of the time when Ezekiel says breath or spirit, he follows it by saying, you shall live or they may live or they lived. For where there is breath, there is life. And in the spirit, this life is nothing less than resurrection. God breathes life back into this ancient community and raises it from its graves. There's a haunting image Earlier in that passage, there, there was an empty shell of bones connected to bones with sinews, flesh, and skin until the breath or spirit of life was placed into them. They were like zombies until the spirit breathed life into them. And it's a reenactment of the primal act of creation when God formed humanity from the dust of the earth and breathed into the nostrils the breath of life, and so the very many dry bones. They were lying in the valley. 
but because the breath of God came into it, that vast multitude eventually stood on their feet. God says, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, and you shall live. They were down, but when the breath came, they stood up. I may not know many things, and as my family can tell you, as my daughter can share with you, but I know God wants us fully alive. And, and I say us because this experience of resurrection in, in Ezekiel is collective or communal. It's not an individual resurrection. Just like the interconnectivity of breath, the bones, plural, came together. Bone to its bone, the toe bones connected to the foot bone, and the foot bones connected to the ankle bone, and the ankle bones connected to the leg bone. What kind of bone are you? You get the picture. And on the day of Pentecost in Acts, they were all together in one place. The vast multitude stood on their feet and rose out of their graves. The Spirit raises a people, a community that is linked bone to bone, breath to breath, heart to heart, mask to mask, with the realization, hopefully, that what affects one affects all. And God wants us all fully alive. And so God breathes on bones that all may rise together and experience the restoration of collective hope. I know that as a people, as a church, as the body of, of Christ, there are many as we come through this pandemic that are worried about the future of the church and how will it be post-pandemic? Well, I'm not worried because the future of the church is in God's hands. And God's resurrection breath is our victorious ventilator. The church will live on because God is alive and breathing. It may look different in the future as we rise out of the ashes of COVID-19. Oh, but the church will rise because God specializes in resurrection and even as we come out of this valley I take heart in trusting that the breath of God is still blowing among us today I know today we are all excited about a reopening of a building and I love it but I'm even more excited about resurrection it is the extra breath from the exhausted lung. The one more thing to try when all else has failed. I think I can, I think I can, Joni. The upward reach of life when weariness closes in upon all endeavor, Brianna. The incentive to carry on when times are out of joint and men and women have lost their reason, Catherine. The, the source of confidence when worlds crash and dreams whiten into ash. Such is the growing edge, Bruce. 
Such is the resurrection, Zeb, that while it was still dark, God raised Jesus from the dead with all of its bones, his bones, intact. Resurrection is all around. Breath is all around. Sometimes it seems as if the bones and the death will win, but the prophetic promise from the Valley of Dry Bones this morning is that even death is no match for divine breath. But keep in mind this one thing, that resurrection is gradual. Remember that Ezekiel prophesied and, and suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. He, he looked and there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them but there was no breath in them, no breath in them, no life in them at that point. And this was the starting point of resurrection when they were only an empty shell. So resurrection takes time. And though we might want to rush it, even Jesus knew it would take three days. We can't rush or force God's breath because we are not God, the source of breath. And, and so, moving forward, we'll have to be patient as God's spirit blows new life among our bones. And God will do it because God wants us fully alive out of our graves. God's breath is vital for our future. Yet we are still called to use our own breath to speak, even though we don't know the results, like Ezekiel, O Lord God, you know. We may not be the source of breath, but we are still stewards of breath. So keep prophesying, keep preaching, keep teaching, keep speaking, keep singing, keep praying. Keep encouraging, keep breathing, even when you don't see the results of your labor. Like Ezekiel, we co-labor with God in the ministry of resurrection. We are stewards of breath. So let us say to the breath, as we swing wide the door of our hearts in this new season, breathe on me, breath of God, Fill me with life anew, that I may love as you have loved and do as you would do. Breathe on me, breath of God, so shall I never die, but live with the perfect life, with you the perfect life of your eternity. You might have had the breath knocked out of you at some point. But God wants to breathe the spirit of resurrection into you and make that wonderful promise, you shall live. May we all live in the days, the months, the years ahead. May we all breathe in and out the spirit of life in this community. And may every breath, may every breath remind us how close 
resurrection truly is. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.